0: Power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. We've been uh, reading Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11 every week as we've been talking about the kingdom because uh, Jesus is our king and we want to act like he does. And so uh, we want to understand his uh, method of operation, so to speak. So here... Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11 from the Good News Bible. Your life in Christ makes you strong, and his love comforts you. You have fellowship with the Spirit, and you have kindness and compassion for one another. I urge you then to make me completely happy by having the same thoughts, sharing the same love, and being one in soul and mind. Don't do anything from selfish ambition or from a cheap desire to boast, but be humble towards one another, always considering others better than yourselves, and look out for one another's interests, not just for your own. The attitude you should have is the one that Christ Jesus had, or King Jesus. He, he always had the nature of God, But he did not think that by force he should try to remain equal with God. Instead of this, of his own free will, he gave up all he had and took the nature of a servant. He became a human being and appeared in human likeness. He was humble and walked the path of obedience all the way to death, his death on the cross. For this reason... God raised him to the highest place above and gave him the name that is greater than any other name. And so in honor of the name of Jesus, all beings in heaven and on earth and in the world below will fall on their knees and all will openly proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Again, i want to thank you i really appreciate uh, the fact you've decided to uh, to participate with us uh, this morning in our online worship before we get into the message uh, let me uh, let, let's just pray for a moment holy spirit again we recognize our need for you and your help and we ask you to open our hearts and our minds open our ears and our eyes to receive your message from your word just as you inspired the authors inspire us you inspired them to write you inspire us to hear and to do amen So again, as I mentioned, we have been uh, talking about uh, the kingdom of God, and we are uh, in this series. Actually, this is the final series for uh, talking about the the final message in the series on the kingdom, uh, because we've been looking primarily at Luke. It's all through the Bible, so we could be at this forever, Uh, but we're looking at the kingdom of God in Luke and what Jesus had to say about it. Um, There are four things, five things that uh, are essential ingredients uh, for for any kingdom. Uh, And God's kingdom is no different is he's not exempt. His kingdom uh, needs these things. Uh, First, there has to be a king. You have to have a king to have a kingdom. And in this kingdom, in God's kingdom, Jesus is the king. Uh, in, in all that he is, he is the king. He is the, the one uh, who rules overall. He is king of kings and lord of lords. Uh, and in fact, that brings us to the second point: the king has to rule. If the king is uh, awol, if away without leave, and nobody has any idea where the king is, and the king's just you know someplace uh, taking a nap, uh, he's useless. kingdom has to have a king and the king has to rule and he it is good that when the king rules in uh, with authority and with uh, redemption with love with care for justice and helping his people uh, jesus is that kind of king he leads us with his authority he rules as king of kings and lord of lords and he leads us with compassion in love and willingness to sacrifice as we read from philippians just ago, he was willing to give up the throne of heaven to become a human being and to die for us uh, that's uh, the kind of king we have uh, on the cross Pilate made sure there was a sign uh, that expressed uh, or declared the crime that Jesus was being crucified for, and it said in three different languages, Jesus, the king of the Jews. He died because he was the king. Our king died for us. So I want you to just for a moment, visualize, uh, you know, we use your mind and and picture Jesus on the cross. That's our king. That's the kind of king we serve. So a kingdom needs a king. A kingdom needs uh, a king that rules with authority, grace, and compassion. Uh, The kingdom needs citizens. Uh, one leadership person said, if, if you think you're a leader and there's no one following you, you're just out for a walk. You can have a king, and a king can be trying to rule, but if the king has no citizens, you don't have a kingdom. Citizens in God's kingdom are all who have welcomed him as their king, put their faith and confidence in him, uh, and are submitting to his authority. I mean, it, it's one thing to say Jesus is king. It's another to live as though Jesus is king. And that's what we're called to do as citizens of the kingdom of God, to live as citizens, as people who recognize that he is the king and that he sets the standard and he sets the agenda. He's the king. So we need, for a kingdom, a king a king that rules. We need citizens. Fourth thing we need is we need expressed will. The king needs to tell us what he wants and how he expects us to live. Um, that happened for us very plainly and very simply. Uh, a te- one of the uh, teachers of religious law uh, asked Jesus one day, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. He concluded by saying, no other commandment is greater than these two. And then he added, all the law and the prophets, in other words, everything we have in the Bible hang on these two commandments. So the king has expressed his will. His will is that we're to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbors as ourselves. So we have a king. We have a king who rules with compassion and justice. We have a king who... Uh, has citizens who voluntarily uh, have received him and welcomed him as their king and are seeking to live for him. We have a king who's expressed his will uh, in, in a very simple way to understand and to hear. Not necessarily easy to put into practice, but he's called us to love God and to love our neighbors. He's expressed as well. And finally, a kingdom needs a place because people need a place. God is everywhere all the time, but I am only wherever I am. You are only wherever you are. Uh, We can't be in more than one place at a time. Uh, You can stand on a state line with your foot on one side and the other and say you're in two states, but uh, it's not really the same as being in two different places. You fill in the same square footage that you would be, whether you were all the way into one state or all the way into another. Uh, You only, you take up so much space. You and I, some of us take up more space than others, uh, but we take up that. That's our space. We need that. Citizens need a place. Where is the place of the kingdom? God's kingdom's place is wherever two or three are gathered in his name. And that can be anywhere, anytime. That can be in a phone call. That can be online through Zoom. It can be any number of things and any number of places. There are places in the world where it can't be public because they'll go to jail or worse. There are places where uh, we, they, they, it, it's been illegal. There, there, the early church had no church buildings. They had no, no place to go to meet except everybody, each other's homes. Uh, the place of the kingdom is so vast and varied. So there we are. But the five things. The five things that are essential for a kingdom. You need a king. The kingdom, the king, and the kingdom of God is Jesus. You need a king who rules with, you re, redemption and authority with compassion and grace. That's our king. Uh, you need citizens who have uh, aligned themselves with him, put their faith in him, trust him completely and solely. We need. Uh, um, him to express his will, and he has done that in the two great commandments, and uh, the rest of the, the Bible is there for us to help understand how to put those things into practice, and we need a place, and that place is wherever two or three are gathered in his name, and so right now, wherever you are, here, you're there, and he reigns in us and through us. The kingdom is here where we are together. So this morning, I'm going to do something a little different as we uh, uh, look at the kingdom. I'm simply going to read uh, several passages uh, from Luke. I'm going to be reading from the uh, uh, English Standard Version. And uh, I'm following a theme through the book of Luke. And uh, after I've read uh, these passages, I'm gonna just draw a few uh, observations and comments uh, from, from them. Uh, so we're gonna start in Luke chapter five. If I can get my eyes to work. Allergies. So in all of these passages, you can listen for the words uh, or look for the words if you're following along uh, yourselves in your own Bibles or on your uh, uh, devices. Uh, you listen for words that talk about his power and his authority. So here we have uh, John chap- uh, Luke chapter 5, sorry, Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 17. On one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers were among those who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were on a bed a man who was paralyzed and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him down before jesus but finding no way to bring him in because they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before jesus and when he saw their faith he said man your sins are forgiven and the scribes and the pharisees began to question saying to themselves who is this who speaks blasphemy who can forgive sins but god alone when jesus perceived their thoughts he answered them what well, is in your hearts which is easier to say sins are forgiven you or to say rise and walk But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up uh, what he had been laying on and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all. And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. Let's turn over a few pages to Luke chapter 7, verse 1. We'll be reading verses 1 to 10. This is a key passage in my mind. So after he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy, you do this for him. For he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends saying to him, "Lord, do not trouble yourself. I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word. Get this. Say the word." and let my servant be healed. For I, too, am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him, said, I tell you, not even in Israel— Have I found such faith? And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. Going into chapter 8. Verse 22. 20 to 25. One day... Jesus got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them let's let us go across to the other side of the lake so they set out and as they sailed he fell asleep and a windstorm came on the lake and they were filled they were filling with water and were in danger and they went and woke him saying we are perishing and he woke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, where's your faith? And They were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? I'm going to drop down just a few verses to... Uh, Chapter 8, verse 40. Jesus is gone back into town. When he returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. Have you ever been in a place so crowded that you just basically had to wiggle and shove your way to get through people? This is the image I get when I read these verses. People pressed around him. He's struggling to make his way through this crowd to follow this man to heal Jairus' daughter. That's the picture. People pressed around him. And there was a woman in the crowd who had had a discharge of blood for years. And she had all her living on physicians. She could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. Immediately, her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who is it that touched me? all crammed in there. And then the next line, this is really interesting. They all denied it. Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden. She came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, "Uh, your, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. All were weeping and mourning for her, but he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleep. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called saying child arise and her spirit returned and she got up at once and he directed that something should be given to her to eat and her parents were amazed but he charged them not to tell anyone what had happened now let's go into the first few verses of chapter nine interesting things have happened here with Jesus' power and his authority. He's calmed a storm. He's forgiven sins. He's healed a wise man, uh, healed a woman uh, who had been bleeding and spent all her money and had a hopeless uh, case of, it of, could not be healed, but he healed her. Uh, and a child who had died was raised to life so he, he amazing things have happened because of his power now listen to what it says in verse, chapter uh, 9 verses 1 to 6 uh, he called the 12 together he'd already chosen the 12 apostles he calls the 12 together and gave them gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases and he sent them out to proclaim the king god and to heal And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, say, Stay there, and from there depart. And whenever, whoever, wherever they do not receive you, you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Chapter 10. We move to Luke chapter 10. For those of you who are wondering, no, we are not going to read from every the rest of the chapters in the book of Luke. Chapter 10, verses 17 to 23. Jesus sent out the 12. They came back uh, after going wherever they went, preaching the kingdom and healing people. And then later, Jesus sent out 72 other people, uh, 72 other disciples. He sent them out, and here is their report when they return. He had given them, uh, sent them out, much like he did the 12. And it says this, chapter 10, verse 17, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning. For me, I have given authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. That the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So, not only did Jesus have power, he was able to confer that power, entrust that power to not only the 12 apostles and to 72 others. Um, so, where does this power come from? Where, where, how does it happen? There's a key two verses two passages i want us to to grab a hold of uh one is back in the beginning of luke luke chapter four we followed the following the christmas story that was so familiar in luke chapters one and two and his presentation in the temple and his growing up and and the beginning of chapter four is his temptation jesus temptation the 40 days and 40 nights Uh, nose-to-nose and toe-to-toe with the devil himself, the king of demons, Satan. Um, And Satan has departed from him until a uh, more opportune time. He lost, but he went out going, this is not over, I'll be back. And then it tells us in Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee and a report about him went through out through all the surrounding country and he taught in their synagogues being by all. So you notice how he came after his baptism, his temptation, he goes into his ministry in the power of the spirit. Jesus power and authority were a result of the Holy spirit's work in and through him. I think sometimes I have tended to think that Jesus did the things he did because he was he's the son of God. He's the second person of the Trinity. He's, uh, uh, but if I understand what the gospel is telling us and what Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 2, When he became a human being, he became all that a human being is. He did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He released his divine prerogatives and power, but the Holy Spirit filled him and worked through him in exactly the same ways he wants to fill and work through us. Listen to what Luke says at the end of his gospel. Luke chapter 24, verses 48 and 49. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he has reminded them of all the things that have happened, how he was crucified and how he's been raised. And he says to them, you are witnesses of these things. Then he says, and behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Now, Luke also wrote the book of Acts. And so this, these verse, these two verses are kind of a bridge in the first chapter of Acts, where he says, Jesus says to his disciples, you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So what we have here is Jesus at the end of his ministry as he's leaving earth and commissioning his disciples, commissioning us. He says to them, the promise of my father, uh, I'm sending my promise, the promise of the the Holy Spirit, promised all throughout uh, the Old Testament prophets. He calls them and he says, I'm sending that promise, but wait until you are filled with power from on high that power comes from the holy spirit so this is the sermon in the sentence for the day um jesus kingdom power and authority flow from his throne through you to accomplish his will so you are not in control you and i are not in control any thoughts that we have of being in control over the way god will work the way god ought to work the way the holy spirit ought to do things the way it all of these things are mere illusions uh, if you think you can control anything in terms of what god wants to do in this world uh, you're dreaming think about the things that jesus did through the power of the holy spirit He healed paralyzed people. He raised the dead. He calmed storms. He commissioned other people to do the same kinds of things. There is no human being without the Holy Spirit working in them and through them and without his explicit permission who can do those things. You are not in control. If you think, or I think, you can control anything we're dreaming Jesus gives us the responsibility. He gives you and I the responsibility. By his grace, he gives us the ability to respond to him and voluntarily align our will with his, to pray like he prayed, not my will but yours be done. In other words, the centurion had it right. He looked at Jesus and he said, I too am a man under authority, and I have authority over others. He saw in Jesus a person, a man who had authority because he was under the authority and in obedience to his heavenly father and did what the Holy Spirit led him to do and empowered him to do. If we become a person under his authority. Jesus then delegates his authority to us for specific missions and specific situations. Jesus' kingdom power, his kingdom power and authority flow from his throne through you to accomplish his will. Pastor Jack Hayford uh Well, years ago, he wrote a a short little song called Majesty, and I think he captures a great deal of what God talks about and wants us to know about in regards to the uh, authority of the of his kingdom. These, These are the words majesty worship his majesty unto Jesus be all glory, power and praise majesty kingdom authority flow from his throne unto his own his anthem raise so exalt lift up on high the name of jesus magnify come glorify christ jesus the king majesty worship his majesty jesus who died now glorified king of all kings Jesus teaches us, taught us a prayer that uh, reflects our willingness to align ourselves with his will and to voluntarily respond by his grace to the invitation to be citizens in his kingdom. Uh, We know it as the Lord's Prayer. I invite you to join me uh, in uh, praying. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, uh, again, I want to thank you uh, for participating with us uh, here online. Um, Thank you very much. You heard what Jesus said there at the end of Luke, I am sending you, but first, receive the promise, the Holy Spirit, the power from on high. Remember this, folks, you are one, you are the church. You take the kingdom and you take the power and authority of Jesus with you wherever you go. And you are sent in his name to do his will, which is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. You are sent.